said, are you ready to get in the word this morning? I've got a word for you, and I hope you've come prepared to receive what God has just for you this morning as we go forward. Uh, I'm excited about this because each week God's giving me new pieces as to where we're going as a church. And let me set this up before we move forward. Uh, I need you to know that where we've been is not where we're going. I need you to know that what we've seen is not what we're getting ready to see. I need you to know that what we've experienced is not what we're getting ready to experience. I don't know if you realize this yet, but God is doing a new thing in the earth, and you and I are a major piece of that. You and I are a major part of what God is going to do in this house. God is getting ready to do something supernatural in this house, supernatural in your life, supernatural in your family, supernatural in your marriage, supernatural in your finances, but you and I have to be in the position to receive what God is doing. It is not business as usual where if we just come to church and check our boxes, God is going to keep doing it. God's saying, those who diligently seek my face will see signs, miracles, and wonders. And I believe with all of my heart, we are walking into a moment that we've never experienced before. I know we've had revivals. I know we had moments. I know there's uh, yesteryears and there's big moves of God in the past. But I don't think we, as a collective body, those of us that are breathing right now, have ever seen what God's going to do in this moment. And I want you to be prepared for it. So when we started this series three weeks ago called Reformed, God began to give me the pieces of what he was doing in the church and how we would do it. And so I, I, want, I want you to understand that God, I believe with everything in my heart, is reforming, is bringing reformation to the church. Pastor, what is reformation? Well, I'm glad you asked. The definition of reformation comes from the root word reformed, which means to change to a better state or form, to improve by alteration, substitution, or substitution. I believe with everything in my heart, God is changing us in our homes. He's changing marriages. He's changing families. He's allowing us to deal with things. And at the same time, he's bringing something greater into the church. Not just a feel good, not just an emotion, not just a, the stereotypical Sunday morning service, but an outpouring that he's getting ready to do. But in order to do that, reformation has to happen. Another definition of reformation is to cause a person to abandon wrong or evil ways of life or conduct. Come on, work with me for a second. There are things that you have walked away from over the last month and a half, almost two months. There are things that God has said, can I have that now? You've been carrying it long enough. There are changes that you've made in your home. There are changes that you've made in your private time with God. There are changes that you've made with your walk. There are more time with the presence of God, more time in your word, more time in your prayer life. There's reformation happening. As it goes on, it says to put an end to abuses or disorders. We are standing right now in the midst of a reformation. A reformation, not only of the house of God, but a reformation of your home, a reformation of the earth. Everything is changing around us. And so I want to move forward. But, but first week we dealt with Jacob and Esau. And I, God gave me this. He said the first week we had to deal with repentance and restoration. He gave me the story of Jacob and Esau, how Jacob is, is the typecast of the church today and Esau is God and how God wants to restore us back together. But we got to stop stealing things from God. We got to stop taking God for granted. We got to stop abusing the blessings that he has for us. And we've got to walk in, in, in the righteousness of God. And God says, I need repentance back in the house. I need repentance back in the believer. Repentance is not a Sunday experience so that you can give your life to God. The repentance is an everyday experience. Daily, I lay my life before the altar. Daily, I pick up my cross. Daily, I repent of what I might have done or what might be in me so that God can have a, a dwelling place that is clean, a dwelling place that he can not have to sweep up all the time, but that he can live in, that he can dwell with me as I dwell with him. That there's got to be a place of repentance that we live, a place so that we continue to walk in our salvation. 
and that God can restore us. And then last week, God gave me the story of Zechariah and, 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 and that word that says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, by my spirit, by my spirit. You know, it, this is what's amazing to me. We want God, well, let me rephrase that. We want Jesus because he's the elder brother, and it's easy to compare ourselves to the elder brother or to walk with the elder brother. We have the God, but for some reason, we have abandoned, in a lot of ways, the Holy Spirit. We have walked away from the movement of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that when Jesus died, he says, when he, when he talked with the disciples, he says, I'm ascending to the right hand of the Father, and I'm sending the Comforter. Holy Spirit, I'm sending this thing to you so that it might walk with you and talk with you and be with you. But we are not operating in being led by it. We're visiting it because we need a goosebump. Oh, the Holy Spirit fell. The Holy Spirit doesn't fall. The Holy Spirit dwells. The Holy Spirit rests in each one of us. And we've got to walk by it. We've got to be led by it. We've got to move by it. We've got to consult it. We've got to allow it to move and operate in our lives so that we can march forward. So the first week was repentance and restoration. The second week was how are we going to do it? We've got to be led by the Spirit. And now we get to this week and I go, God, what is it you want us to do next? Because right now it's heavy. Repentance and restoration is happening. We're being led by the Spirit. What is it you want us to do? And God says, now I need you to give them a warning. This week, I have to give you a caution or a warning as to where we are headed. So in order for me to do that, open up your Bibles, because I pray you got them with you. They're probably not far. Run to your bedroom. It's not that far away. Grab your Bibles. Exodus chapter 16. Old Testament. Exodus chapter 16. When you got it, say, I got it. If you didn't bring your Bible, say, help me, Jesus. I heard you. Amen. Exodus chapter 16, verse 3, from the New King James. Well, I, I, I think it's from the New King James this morning. It says this. It says, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Can I read it to you one more time? The Israelites, the people of God, said to them, Moses and Aaron, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. I want to speak to something this morning because I need to deal with what I'm hearing. I get it. There's a lot of political banter. There's a lot of emotional feelings. There's a lot of protesting going on in the earth. There's a lot of, we need to get back to this. We need to get back to that. Things need to be back to the way they were. No, things don't need to be back to the way they were. Because if things go back to the way they were, we're going to miss the next move of God. And, and God said, listen, there is a sound that you and I must avoid in this hour, and that is the sound of the go back. The sound of the I remember wins. The sound of what it used to be like. I get it. Everything was easier when we didn't talk pandemic. Everything was easier when there wasn't a sickness or there wasn't a sickness or it was a political thing or it was a Democratic thing or a Republican thing or a whatever, a bipartisan or a partisan thing or it was this or that or it was the city trying to screw mess up with, with everybody's businesses or this or that. Hey, listen, I get it. We all want to go back. But can I just ask you this? Was Egypt better? Was where you were better than where you are right now? Well, pastor, I could go and do what I want. You could go do what you want, but did God go with you? Was he walking with you? Was he talking with you? Was he leading you? Was he guiding you? Was he speaking to you? Was he ministering to your family? No, because we were too busy doing everything else. And I'm hearing this sound from believers and non-believers. I just want to go back. Enjoy Egypt because, baby, I'm not going. We 
you know, we says we we won't go back. We 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 can't we can't go back. We can't go back. No, no, it's not just we can't go back. We we won't go back. There is a line in the sand that says we refuse to go back to where we were. I don't want to hug you like I used to hug you. I don't want to slap you a high five like I used to slap you a high five. I don't want to tell you my stories. I'm ready to hear your stories. I'm ready to hear what God's done in your life, and I'm ready for us to celebrate in ways we've never celebrated. I'm ready for the altars to be filled with worship, not sitting in our seats comfortable with our arms crossed, but running to the altar of God with our hands uplifted and saying, God, I will not worship the way I used to worship because back when I worshiped, I worshiped idols, but now, God, I worship you in spirit and in truth, and so, God, I'm ready to move forward. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Watch what he said, by the Lord's hand in Egypt, as if God was the author of captivity and bondage. It's amazing how we'll tell God to take us back to where we've been instead of God launch us to where you're calling us. How we'll start to complain. When we first started, we were okay, right? Come on, work with me for a second. I'm reminded of Katrina, right? Most of you went through Katrina. When we all left for Katrina, we thought it was going to be a little three-day vacation. I know that's what I did. Ran off to Texas, nice day in a nice hotel, thought I'll be back three days later. Woke up on a Monday morning to find out that I wasn't coming home. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. The normalcy of my existence started to shift, and, and I didn't have the, 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 the comforts of what I was used to. I didn't, I didn't have the Sunday morning service. I didn't have my youth group because I was a youth pastor at the time. I didn't have the relationships. I didn't, everything was different, and, and, and then I had to really lean into God. Did you ever think that just maybe in the midst of all this, maybe God is allowing us to tap a little closer into him instead of always telling him to come closer to us? Did you ever think that we can't go back? Did you ever think that if we go back, we might die? I, I, I want to I break down this section of Scripture this morning. And so if you'll go with me to Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1. It says, this says, the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to skip that part right there because we can get in some stuff right there. Came to the desert, the desolate place of Sin which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt. So you understand that the Israelites have crossed the Red Sea. They've been delivered from the hand of Pharaoh. Pharaoh and his army have been killed when God allowed the waters to come back. Israel, the people of God, have been delivered. Can I, can I just say this to you? When I say we can't go back, I don't mean we can't remember what God's done for us. But we can't dwell in what God's done for us. If that would have been the case, the Israelites would have stayed in the Red Sea and drowned too. If that was the case, the Israelites would have just come right outside of Egypt and stayed there. But they kept marching forward. They kept moving. And then a pandemic called Pharaoh came for them. And it pushed them a little bit further. Ah. Maybe all this is happening because God's trying to push us a little bit further. Have you ever wondered, it's like we get, we get a little glimmer of hope that tomorrow the doors are going to open and the city's going to come back to normal, and then all of a sudden, pause. You get a little bit of wind, a little bit of fresh air, a little bit of eyesight onto the future, onto the horizon. When, I mean, this might be the week. This might be the week. People are calling, Pastor, when are we coming back? When are we coming back? Why are you so worried about when we're coming back? When are you coming back? Or better yet, when are we going? 
When are we marching forward? Because if we're relying on the Sunday morning experience to get us where God's calling us, it'll never work. God says for long enough the church has, has kept me in their box and no one's taking me home. I have now invaded the homes so that I can be in the church. God has invaded your house. He has forced you into a moment. I love God. Sometimes, sometimes he, he plays a gentleman. Sometimes he just leads us right into that space. We didn't see it coming. People want to people talk pandemic. I'm talking about breakthrough. I'm talking about miracles. I'm talking about the power of God moving. I'm talking about people changing, lives changing, families changing, marriages changing, children changing. I'm talking about the greatest outpouring. And we don't even see it because we want to get back to church on Sunday morning. We're ignoring what God's doing because we all want to get back to a normalcy. Because we all want to get back to church. I can't wait for us to worship together, but I can't go back. I can't wait for the stores to be open. I can't wait to be able to do the things I used to do. I can't wait for those moments, but you will not hear me complaining about what I cannot do. I will stand in the middle of this moment and ask God, God, what are you speaking in this moment? God, what are you declaring in this moment? God, what are you trying to show me in this moment? This moment? I'm not asking God, why? Why me? Why us? Why this? Why that? No, God, what? What is it you want in this moment? And that's what I'm focusing on. Grumbling, that moaning, that Israelite spirit after freedom. That, that Israelite spirit to go back to the old things. That, 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 that feeling says, but if I could just get back to the way things used to be. Were, were you where you are right now a month and a half ago? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not. I tell you, my staff's not. Our leadership's not. Our team's not. My house isn't. I, 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 I don't want things to go back. Everybody wants to go back. I can't go back. I'm not going to go back to mushing hay into mud to make bricks. I'm not going to go back to put myself under control of the things of this world and allow things to dictate to me, but I'm going to walk in the righteousness of God and let the Spirit of God lead me. I'm going to live a life of repentance as unto salvation. I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to endure to the end. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to milk it. I'm not going to water it down. I'm going to keep pressing forward. I might push some people away. I might receive more. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to walk with God. In the cool of the night, in the sun of the day, I'm going to be led by a cloud by day and a fire by night. I'm not going back to where I've been. I'm not going to be Lot's wife looking over my shoulder and then turning into a pillar of salt. I'm not going back. But yet I'm hearing the volume say, if we could just go back. If you want to go back, then you have to eliminate everything God's done in you for the last two months. Because God doesn't change you to go back. He changes you to help you march forward. It goes on in verse 2 and 3. It says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Mm. The whole city grumbled against the government. Okay, this, is, this is pandemic written right here. The, the whole city and its inhabitants grumbled against the government or the ones that were leading them in this moment, 
or the pastors. Well, pastor, if you, you know, you, you should just trust God. You, what do you think I'm doing? Who do you think I'm listening to? Because if I wasn't listening, the doors would be open right now. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. See, that, that's, that right there gets you messed up because now they realize that the hand of God was on them to deliver them. And then they thought that the hand of God was back on them in the brokenness. There we sat around pots of meat. There we could go to Walmart or the grocery store and get all the meat we wanted, all the chicken we wanted. We could get anything we wanted. And now we can't get what we want. Mwah. And ate all the food we wanted, but you had brought us into the desert to starve this entire. Are you starving? Are you dead? Let it go. The Israelites come to a point where they're hungry. God forbid our stomachs grumble a little bit. God forbid we have a little discomfort. We didn't mind all those years we lived in sin and discomfort. But now just because we can't get what we want, now we're grumbling. Now we're whining and complaining. And we've become the Israelites who have been delivered out of the hands of the Pharaoh. And now we're saying, good, we could just go back. It was better there. We had all the things we wanted. But if you remember, they could not receive Moses. <laughs> because they needed God to perform tricks to believe that God had sent him. And the Israelites cried out. I was reading this the other day. There was like 12 times that the Israelites cried out to God, whined and complained. It went from God delivering them because they cried out to a moment where God let his justice fall. Because there God goes, hold up, time out. I've done so much for you. And now all of a sudden you want to stand on the other side of this thing and act as if I never did anything? It's a place we can't go back to. A little discomfort wants to send us back to where we were rather than embrace where God has brought us from. I, I want to talk about where God's brought you from, not God, where, where, where you want to go back to. Because I've counseled a lot of people prior to the pandemic. Counseled a lot of marriages prior to the pandemic. A lot of marriages that are now being made whole in the pandemic. Because you can't go back to where you were. I'm watching husbands fall in love with their wives, although they've said they've loved them for a long time. I'm watching, I'm watching marriages strengthen. I'm watching children strengthen. I'm watching the smiles on the faces of the ones that come by the church to pick up the gift bags that we give for their kids. I'm, 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 I'm not seeing a broken church. I'm seeing people that are like, hey, it's all good. God's got us. Where are you at this morning? What did you complain about when you got out this morning? God says, listen, repentance, restoration, being led by the Spirit, close your mouth. Because life and death are in the power of your tongue. And what you declare in this moment decrees where you're headed. I'll say this again. What you declare in this moment decrees where you're headed. If you can sit in your house in the midst of this moment and whine and complain, Egypt is not that far away. Egypt is not that far away. Be careful. See, I have to be careful in these moments because I can't see you, so I don't know whether or not you're receiving this or rejecting what I'm saying or you're pushing this out because you're like, well, I'm right in being frustrated. I'm not saying you're not right in having moments, but don't live in those moments. Don't build your house in those moments. Don't spend your time complaining to your children. They don't need to hear that foolishness. 
Figure out. Go pray. Here, here's a, here's a, a novel idea. Pray. Seek the face of God and watch him change your thoughts. Get in your word and ask him, God, where is it in your word that shows that you got me in the middle of this thing? Consult his word. Not Facebook. Dear God, if we could get off of Facebook. Well, so-and-so is doing this. Why can't I? I don't know. I don't care. They've closed down Florida. So what? I can't leave my house. Go take a walk. Invite your kids. You might find great conversation. Last night, last night, my kids came to me at like 1130. Dad, can we take a nighttime bike ride? Guess what we did? 12 o'clock last night, midnight, me and my two big kids took a bike ride. We probably rode over a mile and a half, two miles. Pastor, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. I got time with my kids. I got time to love on them. I got time to spend with them. I got time to hear them. Did you see how, did you think, did you see how I ride my bike going, oh, this is never going to end. This is horrible. No, I enjoyed every moment of it. Why? Because I'm not going back. See, but what, what we're, we're in the dangers of is that when we can go back and we can go back to our lives, we'll stop riding bikes with our kids. <laughs> we'll stop praying. We'll stop fasting. We'll stop reading. We'll stop seeking. We'll stop, we'll stop loving our spouses. We'll stop tending to the house. Hey, amen. We'll stop doing the things that God's laid on our hearts to do because it's easier to go back than it is to march forward. It's kind of like sin. It's easier to go back to sin than it is to live righteously. But God says, I need you to stay in this thing. And so the warning to you this morning is, is once righteousness, uh, repentance and restoration has come, and once there has been a desire to be led by the Spirit, I need you to watch what your tongue declares in these moments. Speak by faith, not by what you see. If the news is messing you up, turn that sucker off. It doesn't change. It's the same thing every day. I haven't seen new news in two months. It's coronavirus 2020. Okay, it exists. I don't have to live with it. I just have to exist around it, but God's going to lead me through it. So I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to be caught complaining in my home. I'm not going to be in here working and get caught complaining. I'm thanking God that we have this time right now. Can I be honest with you? There are so many things we're getting done that I haven't been able to do in the last five years. All kinds of stuff. Things that I've been wanting, projects we've been wanting to do, but we're like, how are we going to do it in seven days? Guys, I got, I got some time for you. I've had times where I come in here and I'm the only one in here and I'm worshiping God. On the middle of the week, I bring my kids to work with me. It's bring your kids to work with you, Daddy Day. And they drive me nuts. But I'm so thankful for them. So I take them to lunch and, I, and, I, and, they, and they run around the church and, 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 and they, they're in the house. It's the same things I kind of did growing up as well where I was in the church and I was running in the lanes and running in the aisles and, and being, a, being in the house of God. Look, I, I, things are shifting. I'm not complaining. Pastor, but you don't want us back. No, I want you back. Don't get it wrong. But I don't want to go back. I want us to go forward. It says here, it says in Exodus 16, verse 4, it says, after this, after they were done complaining, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Now watch what it says here. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Stop right there for a second. Be careful that you don't stop going out and getting your bread. And I'm not talking about the shelves at Walmart. I'm talking about your daily bread. He said each day, I'll send it out. But it'll be up to the people to go get it. Okay, watch this. You want to change your complaining. You want to change that murmuring. 
You have to be fed every day. The only thing that will change your vocabulary is what you put into your system. If you're not putting bread into your system, bread's not going to come out. So if you're putting everything else into your system, the only thing that will come out of you is complaining and murmuring. But if I'm putting the word of God on the inside of my system, what will come out of me are the declarations of the kingdom of God in the midst of whatever we're dealing with. So he says, he says, the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see if they'll follow my instructions. See, we've gone through this. We've had these moments. We've had these things with God. And now God's saying, now I'm going to walk us through a season. Now I'm going to walk us through a moment where you're going to have to come get the bread. I brought the spirit of God. I brought a movement into your home. But now I need you to continue this thing because I need you to pursue it every day of your life. And I'm going to lay the bread before you. And I'm going to see if you come to get it. And I'm going to see if you follow my instructions or if you just did it because you didn't know what else to do because they shut down the stores. Because now all of a sudden you had a little bit more time. Can I just say this to you real quick? You've always had that time. You just filled it with other things. But we will have a tendency, when this is over, to want to go back to fill that time slot rather than leave God as a permanence in the middle of it. He said, I will, I will, he said, the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. What is God speaking and are you doing it? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Complaining comes when we stop doing what he told us. The Israelites depended upon God. They knew who they were. They followed Moses out of Egypt. They went into the prom. They, they moved towards the promised land. They hadn't made it to the promised land yet. Did you know that in your Bible that not all of them made it to the promised land? Don't think just because you make it through this pandemic, you're going to get there. You better keep following God. You better keep trusting God. You better keep holding on to God. You better keep seeking the face of God. You better keep praying. Keep praying. I can't say it loud enough. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep reading. Keep allowing God to speak to you. Eat the bread. Receive it. Follow his instructions. And then it goes on into verse 5 and it says this. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. Watch. I'm about to show you the hand of God in the middle of this thing. Because it seems like every time we get into these sermons, God gives us a statement, and then he shows us what he's going to do in the middle of it. He says, on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Did you just hear what that said? That if we will stop complaining, stop murmuring, go and get the bread, Follow his instructions. He says, I need you to prepare what they bring in. Now, you notice he says in verse 4, he doesn't say that they'll go get double. He says that they'll go receive what God gives. And he says then they'll to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. In other words, God's going to double your portion. Mm, okay. I, I might be shouting a little on the inside. Might not be able to hear you. But I just said that God's going to double your portion. He's going to double 
your portion. I believe that's a thus saith the Lord in this moment. If you will lean into him, if you will be led by his spirit, if you will live a life of repentance as under salvation, if you allow your life and your family and your household to be restored to the things of God, God says then also if you will receive my word, if you'll eat of my word, if you'll follow my instructions, if you'll quit complaining about where you were, where you are and what's going on, if you will start declaring the kingdom of God and the fullness of him in this moment, he says then when you're done and when you're done gathering my word, I will give you double what you got. And I believe this with everything in my heart. The days of lack, and I'm not trying to be a faith preacher or a a prosperity preacher. Well, I am being a little prosperity. I'm not talking about money, though. Because I want the Elisha anointing. I want a double portion of what he had. I want a double portion of the Spirit of God. I want a double portion of the move of God. I want a double portion of the presence of God. But how am I going to get it? Shut your mouth, get the Word, eat of it, and follow His instructions, and you'll walk in it. Repentance, restoration, led by the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to move. Close your mouth. Receive the word of the Lord. I can't declare that one any stronger. Receive the word of the Lord. I told you last week, and I'm going to say it again, the thus saith the Lord is coming back to the house. It's coming back to the church again. It's not going to be quieted anymore, but it's going to be a righteous word from God to lead his people to the next season. Uh, receive his word. Eat of his word. Follow his instructions. Let me, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. If you get a plan for a bike, right, and, and the bike's not put together, and, and you make up your own plan, I'm almost going to guarantee that that bike is not going to last very long or it's going to fall apart. But those who follow the plan keep a bike. I'm guilty of this. I'm a dude, right? Men are like this. We're like, I don't need the instructions. At least I used to be that. Now I'm like, give me the instructions. I'm getting older. I need the instructions. But I remember those days. I was like, oh, I got this. I can put this together. I've got a brain. I can make it work. And then for some reason, those things didn't last as long as had I just, because I thought it was an extra bolt when it was the bolt. I thought it was an extra piece. Now, I know they mess you up today's things because they give you a bunch of extra pieces. You know they give you extra pieces for us? Because we can't keep those pieces together. God says, I need you to follow my instructions. Pastor, what do you mean by follow his instructions? Are you ready? Here, it's going it's to be revelation for you. Ready? Here it comes. This thing called a Bible. It, it, it's, it's better than the dress, tie, and dresses we wear on Sunday mornings. It's better than the cute hair and the makeup and the jewelry. It's better than the look that we try to portray. It's the mask that we put, better than the mask that we try to put on. This word right here is the instruction manual to you finishing this thing, yet we don't consult it until pastor gives us a verse to read. God says, if you'll follow my instructions. What are my instructions? My word. Get in my word. Get in my word. Don't get in my word. Don't get in your word because pastor says it. Get in your word because God declares it over you. God asks you to. God says, seek my face. How are you going to seek his face? This is a book that declares everything he is. No wonder where we struggle at moments knowing what God's going to do is because we haven't consulted the word. Do you know how many pandemics happen in this Bible? Do you know how many moments of crisis happen in this Bible? Do you know how many times God delivered his people out of those moments? Yet we act like we're in some kind of situation that God's never seen before. And we talk the same way. Because there are people in the word. Look, 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 I don't need to go into the whole story of the Israelites, but some of the Israelites made it to the promised land. Some of them did not. Moses did not. (laughs) Moses, chosen by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. 
but yet Moses didn't even inherit the promised land. Do you want to know why Moses didn't inherit the promised land? Because he told God one simple word, no. He refused to follow God's instructions. And he had to watch Joshua take the Israelites into the promised land from afar. Be careful that you're complaining or you remember wins or I wish we could go back to doesn't put you in a position where everyone else walks in and you have to watch it from a distance. Be careful that you don't get so lost in where you were that you can't go where he's calling. I don't want to go back. I won't go back. This church will not go back. We're marching forward. We're moving forward. Not even marching. We're moving. And I'll be honest with you, it feels like at a very fast rate. Spirit of God is in this place every week, and we come in here on Saturday morning and pray, and the Spirit of God is speaking. It's not just a feel-good goosebump moment. No, the Spirit of God is speaking. Somebody said to me years ago, Pastor, God doesn't talk that much. I said, no, you just don't listen that much. God is talking in this moment. And when we come back, Saturdays are going to be a time of prayer every Saturday. You can get up and come and pray with us, but it won't be prayer as usual. We just sit in seats and kumbaya Jesus. It'll be a moment where we press into the things of God and we hear from God so that we can be led by God so that we can finish this race. I don't know about you, but I I believe there's an outpouring that's about to happen that we've never seen. And I believe that this word declares it, that that we're going to see double what we gathered. But you got to keep gathering. You have to keep gathering. I'll share more with you on this Friday when I do my time of devotion. And I, and I know everybody wants timelines, but don't worry about timelines. Just know God's on the throne. Yeah. Don't put God in a box. Don't put your wants in a box. Because if you put your wants in a box, God will fill that box. I'm living my life without a box so that God can do his greatest work in me, through me, and around me. I don't want to just come to church. I want to bring people with me. Right. I don't want to ignore my neighbors anymore. I want to bring them home. I went by Starbucks this morning, and I was, I was, I was, I was driving through the drive-through, and, and you know, I've talked to people before, and I, I felt like this was my moment. I said, "Hey, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe when this is all over, you come to church. I'd love for you to come." Pastor, I'd love to do that. Saw somebody in Walmart yesterday, and I was just talking to him. I didn't, I didn't go up and try to convict him. I didn't go up and be like, "Oh man, God's just doing this crazy stuff." I just said, "Hey, since this is all over." Would you be interested in coming to our church? Man, we'd love to have you part of the family. You know what he said to me? He said, Pastor? Yeah. I'd love to do that. I think, I think it's my time. I think, I think it's time now. God says, go gather. Go gather. And when it's over and when you prepare, when you get ready, it'll be double what you gathered. Don't stop gathering. Don't stop believing. Don't stop having faith in what's to come. Continue to feed on his word. Continue to go daily and receive your bread from his word. And when this is all over, you'll walk out with a double portion. A double portion. Don't, don't, and listen to me, listen to me. Don't put God in a box. When you ask, when I said, you know, the church for years, double portion was all about money. I just want a double of whatever he wants to give. If it's a double portion of more time, praise God. If it's a double portion of a greater marriage, praise God. If it's a double portion of greater love with my kids, praise God. If it's a double portion of a greater church, 
praise God. If it's a double portion of an outpouring, praise God. I'm not looking. Listen, the money comes and goes. Y'all all know this. Most people burnt through their stimulus check within a day. Trying to fix what they thought was missing. Well, now I can go get all these things that I want. Can I be honest with you? Tiff and I haven't gotten a stimulus check. We're still good. Here's why. Because what I need from God is not money. What I need from God is his promise blessings over my household. What I need from God is to be led by his spirit. What I need from God is for him to speak to me in the middle of the night. What I need from God is peace in my home. What I need from God is unspeakable joy. I am not pursuing the things that I used to pursue. I am choosing to never go back to march forward. And I want to challenge you and encourage you this week. Guard your mouth. Guard your tongue. Do not let it speak of what once was. Let it declare what God is going to do in the seasons to come. Let it become a declaration mouthpiece of the goodness and greatness of God. Let your mouth become a trumpet, a sound in the middle of the wilderness, a voice crying out, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Let it become a mouthpiece of love. Let it become a mouthpiece of, of, of restoration. Let it become a mouthpiece of healing. Let, let your mouth declare God bigger than what you're walking through. And the greatest way to increase that is by his word. And my mom used to say, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. I feel like that's sometimes what we need to do in the church as well. If we, if we can't declare God, sometimes we need to be quiet. Until God touches our mouth. Until God changes us so that we can march forward. I want to encourage you to continue to walk forward. We're almost out of this thing. But we're not out yet. But don't get so focused on where we might end up. Where does God have you right now in this moment, right where you are? Give up that anxiety. Give up that struggle. Give up that issue in you that says, oh, we just get to tomorrow. We just get to that date. We just get to that 15th. We just get to whatever. Lay it down. Lay it down. Don't ask me when we're opening the church. I'm not concerned with that. God will tell us when it's time. I'm trusting him. That's all I can do. That's all I'm called to do. Trust, lean into him. Lean not on my own understanding, on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct my path. That path is a place of promise. That path is a place of completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The shalom of God be over you and your house. It'll be over me and my house. Let's continue to walk this thing out.
Guard your mouth and let's march forward. And let's let our mouthpiece become a declaration piece of the goodness, greatness, and the continuing favor of the God that we serve. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you over these last three weeks you've given us pieces to march forward, not just to march into the church, but to march even out of the church. To march into our neighborhoods, to march into our homes, to to live this life greater than we've ever lived it before. God, I know with me, I know you've been dealing with me just about how I am, just in areas of my own life. And God, if you're dealing with me, God, I know you're dealing with them. God, help us. Help us to not be so expectant of what is to come, that we miss what you're doing in the moment that we exist in. Help us to not desire to go back to the things of the normal. I don't want to go back. I want the promised blessings that you have for my life. Maybe, just maybe, I've been holding myself back from receiving those things. So God, I pray You would take our eyes off what once was and help us to focus on what is in this moment and start to speak to us of what can be in the moments to come. I declare this word over us today, God, that as we go forward and as we continue to gather, as we go out and continue to receive the word and and gather your word into our spirit, Father, I pray a double portion. I declare a double portion over those that are listening. I declare a double portion over their households. I declare a double portion over every fiber of of their dwelling place. I declare a double portion of blessings of God to manifest in ways they never sought, they never sought possible. And they look back and go, but it had not been, had it not been for the hand of God, had it not been for the hand of God, had it not that God, you might get your greatest praise in the midst of this moment, that those that those that have been dealing with lack, those that have been dealing with issues, those that have been worried about jobs, those that have been worried. Father, you're going to grant a double portion. A double portion. I declare a double portion. Father, I receive a double portion. But I know the prerequisite of that portion is gathering. That That double portion only comes when we are willing to go and eat of your word and receive it and dwell in it and live with it and walk it out. Father, I receive it right now. Guard my mouth. Guard our mouths. No more complaining, no more whining, no more whimpering. This is the day the Lord has made. And we will choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Because God, you're a great God. Oh, you're a great God. Father, for those that are watching today that don't know you, Father, I pray that as they've heard this word today, they have a desire to give their lives to you. They want the portion, but they've lived the complaining. Help them today, God, to receive you in this moment. I ask you to come live in their hearts to, to, for forgiveness of their sins, to repent of their sins, to turn from their wicked ways and to follow you. Father, I just feel your spirit right now. There's about to be a double portion of the harvest. And it won't be because of the pandemic. It'll be because lives are changing. This will not be a fear birth move. This will be a heart 
birthed move. The lost are coming home. Maybe you need to start declaring that in your homes. You got lost loved ones, start declaring them to come home. Stop being okay with them living in sin. Stop being okay with them missing on the things of God. Start declaring they're coming home. Stop complaining that they're not righteous and start declaring the righteousness of God over them. You have everything that you need. Go forward and see what God does with you, in you, and through you. And when we come out on the other side of this, the earth can't even contain what God's getting ready to do. Get ready. Greatest days are ahead of us.